Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingis serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones, it's time to experience this. Welcome to a special episode of Experience This. Depending on when you first became aware of the novel coronavirus COVID-19, and its impact on individuals, businesses, and society at large, chances are better than not that you're now 100% aware of this pandemic situation. After fielding dozens of emails, calls, and text messages from listeners of the experience of this show, our clients, and past audience members, Joey and I thought it was important to deviate from our regularly scheduled programming and do a special episode all about COVID-19 and its impact on customer experience. Friends, this is a serious topic with serious implications that we don't fully understand just yet, given the speed at which this virus has spread around the globe and the fact that scientists worldwide are working around the clock to understand what's happening. Our comments and discussions are based on the best information we have at the time of this recording on Saturday, March 21st, 2020. Our goal in the episode, as in every episode of the Experience This Show, is to discuss customer experience from a positive light. Telling the positive customer experience stories as a way of inspiring and encouraging our listeners to think deeper, wider, and more expansively about the role of customer experience in their organizations. For the first time in human history, everyone... Regardless of your age, your gender, your race, your nationality, your culture, your creed, your socioeconomic standing, everyone on the planet is dealing with the exact same issue at the exact same time. Even if you're in a place where the coronavirus COVID-19 hasn't spread as much as some of the other places in the world, you're still reading about it in the news. You're seeing it on TV. You're seeing posts about it on social media. The good news is we're all in this together. And as we've said many times on this show, the businesses that take care of their customers now will have customers when things get better because the businesses that show empathy, that show care, that put customer experience as a primary focus will succeed. Now, this episode is going to run longer than our usual episodes as we have a lot to cover. Instead of three segments, we're actually going to bring you five different segments in this podcast. We want to thank our loyal sponsor, Avtax, for their continued support of Season 5, including this special episode. What does it take to shift the standard from meeting the bare minimum of customer needs to over-delivering at every touchpoint? It's about being able to plan exceptional experiences and set those plans in motion. And that's exactly what our friends at Avtex do. Visit them at www.avtex.com. It's shocking how often people use 38 words to describe something when two would do the trick. We're looking at you, lawyers and accountants. Words matter, and there is no excuse for trying to hide what you mean. We explore words and messaging in this next iteration of Say What? 
In 2018, when the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, better known as GDPR, went into effect, email inboxes were flooded with privacy policy updates. Now they're inundated with urgent announcements about coronavirus measures from every company that has our email address on file. Most of these, including those from the major U.S. airlines, say almost exactly the same thing. But some have taken the opportunity to stand out in a time of crisis. And these are the ones we can learn from and be inspired by. In the first few weeks, as the pandemic started to spread around the world, many airlines sent out email messages saying, oh, guess what? We're going to clean the planes even more than we've cleaned them in the past and explain the materials they were using and how they were going to be making sure that it was safe to fly. My favorite airline, Delta, uh, which as loyal listeners of the show know, I fly all the time, sent an email that said, not only are we going to do additional cleaning on the plane, but here's a video describing it. And in the video, the head of customer experience at Delta described their usual cleaning process as well as their augmented cleaning process. And they actually showed people using a special, almost like fogging machine that they had used that would disinfect the planes and then wiping down the seats and how they were doing this on every turn. And I got to be honest, as somebody who was already committed to Delta and loyal to Delta, When I saw this video, I thought, wow, they really do care about me as a person and are going above and beyond the cleaning they normally do. And it left me feeling excited to fly again. And I want to share a contrasting story about this, Joey, is that after all the airlines had shared those emails about the cleaning process, I was waiting to take a flight that was late. And Anybody who's been in business school and has done the Harvard Business case on Southwest Airlines knows that it takes an airline at a minimum 30 minutes to clean a plane under good circumstances. Like They can't do it faster than that. And so this plane's late. It arrives late. The passengers exit the plane. And immediately they start the boarding process. And oh, I'm like, Petri what dish. What happened Petri to your, dish environment? Yeah. What happened to your enhanced cleaning process? Like, oh, only if we're not late. Right. And so I, I did feel like, hey, if you're going to tell people <laughs> that you are spending the extra time, please take the extra time to do it. So another thing that I really liked, uh, I saw two different emails from two different organizations having to do with food. One was Domino's Pizza and one was our friends at Imperfect Produce that we have talked about on a previous episode. Both of them sent emails talking about contactless delivery. And that's this idea that you don't even have to interact with a delivery person if you're practicing social distancing, which we all should be doing. And so the way that works is the delivery people are gloved up so they're not actually touching your product. They don't even touch your doorbell. They simply leave the item at your door and then you receive a text message that it's there waiting for you. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to exchange any pleasantries. And so this concept of contactless delivery, I thought was really interesting just because it adheres to the situation at hand, which is we got to stay away from each other, even if we're continuing to buy things and, and have things delivered. I agree, Dan. And what impressed me, to be honest, is how quickly, at least with Domino's, because I got that email, how quickly they built that 
opportunity or that option into the app. I mean, this was before cities were talking about stay in shelter orders. It's before the lockdown had really started. It's like they were anticipating the need for this. And I think wherever a brand can uh, provide a little bit of uh, insight into, hey, we imagine our customers are thinking about this and so are we, that stands them in good standing, you know, in terms of their, uh, their reputation. You know, I also got an e- interesting email from Enterprise, Rent-A-Car, and now some other companies have done it as well, but I got it from Enterprise first that said they were uh, lowering the age minimum for renting a car. You know, uh, it used to be that you had to be 25 to rent a car. Enterprise came along and said, we're going to lower the rent-a-car age to 18. And they explained in the email that the reason they were doing this is because so many uh, colleges and universities around the country were closing and kids needed to get home with their stuff uh, and flights were becoming harder to get. And I just thought this was a great example of a customer centric message in this time where a lot of the emails were kind of uh, more about, hey, here's how you can use these tools that we've already had, whereas Enterprise was saying, hey, we're making some changes to acknowledge the reality of this pandemic situation. And what I love about that is that those college students are going to be loyal to enterprise for years to come, just as I was in college. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I was in college, enterprise was one of the only companies that would rent to college students. And that's kept me loyal all these years because it was the first company that I ever rented a car from. So these are... I loved it. So forgive me, Dan, what I loved about it too is I don't have college age children and I'm well past college age myself. But when I got this email, I'm not kidding you. I shared it with a couple of my friends who I knew had kids that were in college and had started to like lament, oh my gosh, if their school closes, how are we going to get them home? I was able to forward this on and share it with some people. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is exactly as marketers, what we want to happen. Right, exactly. Word of mouth actually happened because it was a remarkable change in policy that we wanted to spread the word on. Exactly. So another message that uh, resonated with me was from Charles Schwab. Now, I've been a Charles Schwab customer since I graduated from college many years ago. And uh, <laughs> last week, folks, when he rented that car. <laughs> exactly. And what I loved about it was that they didn't talk to me about cleaning their offices. They didn't talk to me about visiting the CDC website like everybody else did. They talked to me about what Schwab could do to help me now. And I want to read the uh, introductory paragraph because the other thing that they did so well was they showed empathy to the situation that all investors are in with what's going on in the stock market. It says, to our valued clients, at Schwab, we have a deep and abiding belief in seeing the world through clients' eyes. That simple, powerful idea helps us stay focused on what's most important, living up to the trust you place in us every day. With so much uncertainty in the financial markets and concerns about COVID-19, investing for the future may seem more complicated than ever. Please know that every one of us at Schwab is committed to helping you meet your long-term investing goals. I also want to remind you of the resources available to you. And then they list expert perspectives, which is their analysis and commentary, service options, and one-to-one guidance. So they're actually offering the ability to meet with somebody to review your portfolio and determine next steps in such a turbulent market. And this letter was signed by the president and CEO, uh, Walt Bettinger. 
I thought this was really cool because it was actionable. It wasn't the same old, same old that everybody was telling us. It was something that I could actually do. And it made me feel uh, uh, much better uh, than I already was, which I was, I'd been positive on Schwab, obviously, for a long time, but it made me more confident in my choice. The other letter that I received that really stuck out to me was from a recent conference that I spoke at, CaterSource. And CaterSource is the largest catering industry association in the country. And they also sent out a letter that I thought was so empathetic and offered real help that it really, to me, stood out as a great example that other brands could emulate. And here's what, how their letter started. Dear colleague, this will not be the type of traditional letter that you have been seeing transmitted from businesses across the globe. This is a letter to, for, and about you. We see you. We share your pain for the losses and massive disruption you have incurred over the past week and will continue to incur as social distancing and closing mandates continue. We understand the despair and anger you must be feeling, the distressing business decisions you have to make that were not in your strategy for 2020. This is also a letter about how CaterSource can help you. Again, like the Schwab letter, it combined genuine empathy with real solutions and real help at a difficult time. I love it. So we have three key takeaways from this conversation. Number one, don't just check the box in communicating with your customers, okay? Don't send the same email that everybody else is sending. Think about what you can do differently, how your tone can be different, how your focus can be different, how you can actually change the conversation. Number two, project calm and confidence. Never in the history of corporate communications has there been a greater need for letting your customers know that you are paying attention, that you are thinking strategically, and you are doing everything in your power to be there for them. And number three, identify opportunities to provide real value in context with your brand. Sending someone to the CDC website, while a fantastic and useful resource, if that's not associated with your brand activities, you don't need to include that in your messages. Instead, give clear action steps, things that you are an expert in, things that you would recommend your customers be doing at this challenging time. By doing that, they will remember you when the pandemic subsides. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. Every business needs policies and procedures in order to function. That being said, policies and procedures are not meant for times of pandemic. What we're seeing now is that the most forward-thinking, customer-centric businesses are already adjusting and revising their existing policies and procedures to show that they're conscious of the dramatic impact COVID-19 is having on all of their customers. For example, we talked earlier in the last segment about Delta Airlines. Now, I fly Delta a lot. In fact, last year, I logged over 160,000 miles on that individual airline. 
What happened when the COVID-19 crisis started to hit is that Delta came out and many airlines did saying, we will give you a one-year credit for any flight that you need to cancel. If you need to change the flight, there will be no change fees. And we're going to waive any of the type of associated fees we've previously had on changes in ticket price, change fees, cancellation fees, et cetera. And you'll just have this running credit. Now, as somebody who flies Delta a lot, that was fantastic because, as you might imagine, at the time this all started to hit, I had many, many Delta flights booked in the future, frankly, to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars, which under a traditional policy, I would have lost. Thanks to Delta being more aware, I now have a credit that will allow me when we all start flying again to be able to buy those tickets with dollars I've already spent. This made me love and appreciate Delta even more. It actually endeared me to the brand because of the way they had changed their policy to acknowledge the impact it was having on me personally as a flyer, even though we also know it was having an impact on them as people aren't buying tickets and aren't flying. That means that they're actually struggling with money. But the good news is because they're giving me the credit, they don't have to refund the money. So they get to keep some of that cash and defer when they need to deliver on the service to me until later when it becomes easier to fly. Yeah. And American did something very similar. And I appreciated it as well because I had a bunch of uh, flights booked too. And obviously, the airline industry is in a lot of trouble right now and is likely going to be the beneficiary of a government bailout. But ultimately, we are going to all start flying again. It's going to happen at some point. And this is the moment where airlines and other companies can either retain their customer loyalty or they can aggravate their customers and send them to the competition. And I think both Delta and American have done a really nice job of retaining that loyalty. One thing that stuck out to me, Joey, I'm just wondering if, the, if you had thought of this as well, is that a lot of these fees that are being reversed and canceled, they didn't exist 10 years ago. Remember, oh, yeah. it, sort of, it sort of took the airline industry almost collapsing to start creating all these ridiculous nuisance fees. And I wonder whether the long-term aspect of this may be, hopefully, fingers crossed, that they start rethinking these ridiculous fees. My favorite one is now the one where it costs you money to redeem your miles. So you've earned all these miles, and now you want to use them to buy a ticket, and oh, that'll be $75 each way to use your miles. I mean, whatever accountant came up with that idea, I'm sure it made billions of dollars for the airlines, but it is so customer uncentric. It is so anti-loyalty, literally, because the whole idea of earning miles is that you've been loyal. And now all of a sudden, we're going to basically punish you uh, to use those miles. I'm hoping that it ca that it causes some of the airlines to rethink some of these and maybe never bring them back. I think you bring up a great point, Dan. And it's really the case that uh, this entire COVID-19 crisis while incredibly stressful, while incredibly challenging and with huge cost, both monetary, uh, the cost of lives. I mean, the, the impacts of this are going to be felt for many, many years to come, right? Even once we're on the other side of the pandemic, uh, there there will have been things that have happened that uh, will be will difficult for anybody to overcome. What I do hope is that organizations, and hopefully the folks listening to our show, are looking and saying, in this downtime, in this period where business isn't as usual, 
let's actually look at everything. Let's look at everything we're doing and come at it from a lens of saying, I understand we were doing this in the past, but do we need to do it going forward? Is it the right choice? Is it the customer-centric choice? Is it the way that we want to operate as a business? I think there's a real opportunity here. Absolutely agree. And as, uh, as we both have said recently, there is no more important time then right this second to be focusing on customer experience because even if you even if you don't have customers right now because you've had to temporarily shut down your business when things go back to normal the question's going to be are the customers going to come back or are they going to go somewhere else and and what you do right now is going to have such a big impact on that you know uh, Joey we both have uh, different uh, utility companies because we live in different states. And I believe we both have monopolies, you Excel Energy and me, ComEd, in terms of electricity. And I always love looking at utilities, especially monopolies and how they act because, you know, customer experience, you could make an argument. They don't need to focus on that because we don't have a choice in where we, yeah, we, where we, we get our electricity. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and we want electricity. So therefore you you have who you have. Yes. But both of our utility companies, I think, uh, did something very similar, which uh, I, I, while it didn't necessarily benefit you or me specifically, I think we both felt really good about it, which was that they announced that they would not cancel anybody's electricity for lack of payment. And that basically they they guaranteed that all customers were going to have their electricity remain on during this crisis. And for people that were having trouble paying, they would work out a payment plan and you know, kind of basically allow you to punt it down the road and not worry about losing electricity on top of all the other worries that you have right now. Hugely important and hugely valuable. And you know, most uh, utility companies have a rule that they can't cut the power during the winter, especially in colder environments like you live in in Chicago and like I have here in Colorado. But the fact that the utility companies, at least it appears, I'm not sure about this, but it appears like they acted before there was legislation saying they couldn't cut. To me, to your point, left me feeling better about my energy company. I was like, wow. And God forbid I do end up in a situation where I couldn't pay for my electric bill. I'm really excited to know that I'm taken care of. I thought that was a great example of when you're messaging to your customers, even if the message doesn't specifically affect them, kind of like the enterprise email about lowering the rental car age uh, that we talked about in the last segment, it still has a lifting effect because it allows your customers to know that you're thinking about them, even if the things you're doing don't actually impact them personally. Speaking of things that I think are unexpected and delightful communications, I had a week-long stay planned at the MGM Hotel in Las Vegas uh, that was actually supposed to happen this past week, and the hotel had to close down because of COVID-19. What I thought was really interesting is I got an email from them at about 2 a.m. the night before we were technically supposed to be checking in. Now, we had already decided we weren't going on our trip, but the email said, because we're closing the hotel down for the next month, we are refunding everyone's deposits who has a reservation at our hotel. Now, the MGM has 6,000 rooms, right? This is an enormous hotel. But the email went on to say, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to call in and tell us you're canceling. You don't have to call in and tell us you're affected. Give us some time, and they kind of implied in the next 24 hours, and we will reverse back and refund all of your cards the cancellation. I thought this was a great example of a company saying, hey, we're going to do something, but 
good news is we're taking care of it. You don't have to ask. You don't have to worry about it. It's coming back your yeah, way. Yeah, I love that. And while not as proactive, I had a great experience. I had a hotel booked for three nights at the Mohegan Sun Pocono in Pennsylvania. And this was a three-night prepaid, non-refundable rate. And I called up and said, hey, I had to cancel my trip. I actually said, I, I'm going to move it because I, I will be back. Is it okay if I move it? And they said, we're just going to give you a refund. It's it's fine. No questions asked. And I'll admit I was a little surprised because I, you know, it would have been so easy for them to hide behind their policy and say, I'm sorry, but you bought a non-refundable rate and, you know, too bad for you. Um, but they were very very, very amenable. And they, I think, have ensured that the next time I go there, and I go there a lot because I have a consulting client there, that I'm going to stay there. And so again, short-term loss because they lost some money from me, long-term gain because they gained my loyalty. So what do we need to do in these crazy times? Number one, look at your policies and procedures now. Don't wait. Get into them right now and come up with COVID-19 conscious versions, versions of your policies and procedures that acknowledge the realities of the world today and put your customers first. Number two, be empathetic. Brands can really endear themselves based on how they behave in times of crisis. This is definitely a time of crisis, and the more empathy you can show towards the position your customers are in, the more likely your customers will be to stick with you through this crisis and be back as loyal customers once things start to return to normal. Number three, put people over profits. I understand as a business owner that is easier said than done. But it is more important now than at any other time in your business's history. We need to focus on our customers and our employees and doing the right thing for them, even if it means our profit margins are going to go down. Now, employees listening, there's going to need to be some assistance from the employees as well. But the employers have the opportunity to lead the charge. And last but not least, trust your gut. Remember that every business on the planet is in this same situation right now. It's not just you. It's not just your industry. It's not just the businesses in your town. Every business on the planet is dealing with these challenges. There's more time for empathy and grace for all of us if we just recognize that we're all in this together, trust our guts, and do the right thing. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. We're now going to turn our attention to employees. Just as taking care of your customers in a time of stress and crisis is critical, it's also important to focus on your employees. Because similar to the best of times, happy employees equal happy customers. And unfortunately, the inverse is also true. So it's very important to make sure that your employees remain healthy, safe, and confident. Now, there are a lot of places in the country, including my home state of Illinois, that already have shelters in place requirements so people are working from home. There are other places in the, in the country where 
people are still going into work, uh, either because they are essential employees in, a, in essential businesses or because their companies, unfortunately, have not yet made a decision to ask people to stay home. This is such a critical time to show employees that you care about them and that you understand that they are the engine behind your business. And oftentimes, they're the front lines of your business that are talking to customers. Imagine asking an employee to talk to a customer and try to comfort them and and make them feel safe when they don't feel comforted or safe themselves. So the first thing is, please do not require anyone to come into work who doesn't absolutely have to. The good news is we live in an era where remote working has become popular anyway. Joey and I have worked from our homes for a while. Many people have worked from home uh, for a long time and know how to do it. And we have the technological resources to do it. Think about the definition of the word essential as well. I've been in some conversations in the last week where I heard employers talking about certain employees as being essential. And when I pressed them on it, they actually had just decided that they wanted that employee to keep working. The functions that they needed that employee to do were not, it was not essential that they be performed at the office. They could have been performed by home. So I think there's a real opportunity here because your employees are smart people too. If you've tagged them as essential and they don't feel that it's essential, they may not feel comfortable speaking up because they want to keep their job. And I think there's an opportunity for all managers and employers to really think about what is the true definition of essential in a pandemic crisis. Yeah, totally makes sense. I mean, unfortunately, not every employee is essential, even though they may think they are or in in the best of times, maybe they are. But right now, essential employees is generally going to be a smaller list. Now, if employees must work in person in the office, it's absolutely critical that you practice social distancing religiously and that they have the proper protection such as gloves, masks, sanitizer, etc., so that coming into work is literally not risking their lives, right? It is, I mean, we all joke about how we spend more time at work than sometimes we spend at home or with our families, but work is important. It is not worth risking our lives for. And so it is really important that if you are going to require people to come in, that they feel safe and that they feel um, protected. Another thing that I think is really important that sometimes we lose sight of even in the best of times is that employees have families and families are stressed during this time as well, especially those of us who have kids that are suddenly home from school and bored and we're trying to keep them entertained while also keeping our jobs and working and that causes even more stress. So just as we often talk about stepping into the shoes of your customer, it's so important to step into the shoes of your employees and really understand what they're going through right now. Absolutely. And I think we need to be thinking as employers, how are we going to handle an employee becoming sick? What are you doing to think ahead now for the employees who actually are essential? Is there an opportunity to cross train? Is there an opportunity to do some scenario modeling where if that person who's the linchpin in your business either is personally sick or has a spouse or a significant other or a child or a parent that is sick? 
what are you going to do to hopefully be able to continue keep functioning using other people on your team? You know, most experts will tell you that it is better to have these conversations and think through these things before you're in the thick of it instead of waiting to try to troubleshoot these type of problems once you're waist deep in the issue. Exactly. So let's look at some examples of companies that we think are doing the right thing by their employees. And hopefully you can be inspired in your business uh, to consider similar measures. So the first that I wanted to bring up was Facebook, which immediately came out and announced that it was giving $1,000 to every employee in order to help them. And obviously they have a lot of employees. And if you think about it, $1,000 doesn't sound like a ton of money, except this is also what the U.S. government is considering sending to everybody, right? So if the U.S. government's sending $1,000 and now my employer is matching it, again, it's a gesture of goodwill that I think gains loyalty from employees over time. Well, and I think $1,000 actually for the majority of Americans is a huge amount of money because the, you know, most research shows that the typical family when faced with an unexpected $400 expense would not be able to weather that challenge. And so most families are facing a lot more than a $400 change in expense right now, not only in terms of cost, but in terms of where their income lies. You know, it's interesting, a lot of the sports teams that are not able uh, to have their events anymore, given the crowd rules, etc., have created some interesting solutions as well, uh, you know, both in uh, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, a number of owners have stepped forward, uh, notably Mark Cuban, to say we're going to pay the salaries of all of the people who normally work in our basketball arena. So there's an opportunity here for businesses of all sizes to step forward. I know a couple of CEOs who have decided that they're not taking any pay for the next three months to be able to pay their employees for the next three months uh, so that they don't have to lay people off or fire them. And, you know, so there's a lot of opportunities to get creative. And here. I love that example because so often when bad things happen to good employees, the first thing that employees look to is the top executives, right? So when there's layoffs, for example, and then you see that your top executive is making $50 million a year and gets another $100 million in stock options. And you're like, well, boy, you know, if he had given up two or three of those millions of dollars, maybe we could have saved a lot of jobs. And so I think this is one of those things where you really can, if, you, if you're able to do it, uh, you really can gain so much loyalty from your employees versus the opposite, which again can be anger and distrust of the company. Uh, I know Disney and Universal have done similar things for their employees because, as we all know, those parks are closed indefinitely, and there's a ton of people that work to keep those open, and and uh, whether they're cast members or people operating the food stations or the ride stations, uh, tons of employees, and, and they're really working hard to keep those people as well. Another example that I really liked was Starbucks, uh, which decided to extend its mental health benefits for store employees. And I think why this is important is Starbucks is one of the places that is staying open and uh, and therefore is requiring baristas to come in and make coffees, even though uh, people can't dine in and they can only take out they're still bringing in their employees. And obviously, this causes stress. And 
Starbucks acknowledged that and is now offering mental health benefits for free to their employees, which I think was an excellent move. Folks, this is a huge one. I don't care what business you're in. If you are not taking time to consider the mental health of your employees right now, there is a big problem. So many people are uncertain. So many people are afraid. In fact, it's rising to the level that there is so much fear and uncertainty. I think it's something that most people aren't even talking about. I mean, to be completely blunt and transparent, before Dan and I started recording today, we just checked in on how each other are doing and what's going on, because this is a stressful time for everyone. This is an opportunity for you to look to your friends, look to your coworkers, look to your boss, as well as the people that report to you, and check in on everybody's mental and emotional state and how they're doing. Business shouldn't just be about, are we operating, and are we operating at efficiencies, and are people getting paid, and are our, our, our employees getting paid, are our customers placing orders, et cetera. We should spend some time thinking about the mental and emotional health of the people we interact with, too. And my hope is, while this is certainly a, a terribly challenging and difficult time, that more businesses will look to the opportunity in this time to say, how can we press reset, a reset that we've known that we've needed to do for a long time, and actually think a little bit more about what our employees are going through. So here are some takeaways from this segment, as always. Happy employees equal happy customers. It is never more important than right now to focus on our employees and keeping them happy, healthy, and safe so that they can focus on our customers and keeping them happy, healthy, and safe. Also, your frontline employees are representing your brand right now, as they always are. But in a time of crisis, if they're stressed out, if they're feeling beaten down, if they're feeling underappreciated or unappreciated, how is it that you think they're going to project to your customers? So especially with frontline employees right now, customer service agents, retail employees that need to continue working, people that are engaging with customers, these are the ones that we've got to focus on and keep in a good state, in a positive state, so that they then transmit that to customers. And finally, just as you're going to need your customers after this crisis passes, you're also going to need your employees. This is the time to engender pride in and loyalty to your organization. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? The COVID-19 crisis is impacting everyone you interact with. And while we've already discussed how it's impacting your customers and impacting your employees, we wanted to talk about a third category of people that your business interacts with that are being hit hard by this virus. Your suppliers. Everybody in their business life and in their personal life has folks that look out for you people that you patronize, whether that's your chiropractor, the hairdresser you go to, or a business setting, the person who cleans your business office, who maybe helps support your IT infrastructure, whatever it may be, people that come to your office or to your home, or you go to their office or to their home to take advantage of their services. And in this time where business is grinding to a halt and more and more people are being encouraged to not only stay home and work, but to stay home and not travel outside of their homes, 
your suppliers are increasingly in jeopardy. And so one of the things we want to address is the fact that in many businesses, the suppliers you interact with are actually small businesses or freelancers, people who don't necessarily have the cash reserves that some of the larger brands we referred to earlier in the show do. And so the question becomes, what are you doing and what can you do to look after the people of which you are a customer? So, for example, in a business setting, if you have uh, somebody that comes to clean your office, but your office isn't going to be operating anymore from your office, what can you do to support them during this time when their revenues are going to be down? I know a lot of entrepreneurs I know have agreed to prepay for some of the cleaning that's going to have to happen in the future, even though it's not happening right now. What are you doing to look at creative ways to reallocate resources? For example, I have an assistant who helps me scheduling with flights and coordinating hotels and logistics for my travel. Needless to say, I don't anticipate traveling for the next month at least and potentially two or three or more. I've decided to have her work on other things that are important to my business that are not necessarily related to uh, my travel but yet allows me to keep her on the payroll. Yeah, I've done something similar with my virtual assistant who was hired to really help me reach out to prospects and make them aware of my um, speaking capabilities and the fact that I'm available for keynotes and that sort of thing. And and right now, selling that is not a great idea because events are being canceled and uh, and people are not necessarily thinking in that direction. So I've been cross-training him on some of the marketing that I've been doing for my business, my newsletter, and uh, some of the stuff that I do um, with taking audio and video and transcribing it into text to make blog posts and some of my social sharing and scheduled posts and all that sort of thing. And I'm really trying to cross train him so that he can continue to help. He can continue to be employed. And then I can continue moving my business along. And these are hard decisions to make because let's face it, Joey, you know, just like so many others out there, you and I don't know what's going to happen to our business in the next few months or even years or how long it is going to affect us. And so the initial uh, kind of instinct is to just hoard your money and don't spend a dime. And I'm actually trying on a couple of different places to spend money right now to invest in my business's future and to build some foundational stuff. Because I do believe, as my grandmother always used to say, this too shall pass. And whenever it does pass, I want to be in a good position to pick up where I left off and maybe even be in a stronger spot than I was when this first started. Absolutely, Dan. And I think your your grandmother had wise advice, and it's something that uh, pretty much everybody's agreeing that there will come a time that this is not as big of a pandemic situation as it is right now, right? We've got a ways to go before we get there, but it will get better. What are we doing now to make sure that the businesses that serve us and the suppliers and the vendors that we have relationships with continue to be in business. You know, and this doesn't just hit the business side of it. It hits the personal side. So for example, we've got uh, uh, 
you know, my wife and I and my two boys, obviously, we get haircuts, right? So one of the things we did hey, is we went to- That's not so obvious for some of us, yeah, Joey. No, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, this this is a difference between Dan and I, folks. Dan takes care of all of his own hair trimming. Uh, I have a professional work on mine. Uh, although some people who've seen me on stage or seen pictures of me might agree whether it's that professional or not. But the moral of the story here is uh, hair salons are closed down. So we reached out to some of the folks that provide us with services, whether that's massage or chiropractic care or hairdressers, and offered to pre-buy haircuts in the future, pre-buy adjustments and massages in the future. And the idea behind this was, yes, there's a little bit of a hit from us from a point of view of expending money, but you can put that on a credit card and ride it for a month or two. And if that's the thing that helps your favorite hairdresser or your favorite massage therapist or your favorite chiropractor, whatever freelancer or small business you do business with, navigate through this crisis, not only have you ensured that you'll be well taken afterwards because they'll still be there, but here's what I can promise you. They're not going to forget that you stood by them during this time. They're not going to forget the generosity that you extended to them. Now, I'm not saying that's why you should do it, but it certainly is a nice ancillary benefit if you're in doubt about whether or not you should. For sure. And I think the smart companies, by the way, are showing that appreciation right now. So there is a sushi restaurant in my hometown that obviously is suffering quite a bit. And a lot of residents have been recommending this sushi restaurant, obviously now just pickup and delivery. And what's happening is when you order, they are offering a discount for pickup which is kind of funny because that's kind of the only way you can order right now is pick up. And secondly, they are including a gift certificate with your order for a future order. So they're basically already now saying, so as a, as a customer, I feel good because I'm supporting a local restaurant that is clearly struggling. I can't go sit in the restaurant, but I can still order out from it. And they're showing that thankfulness back to me saying, hey, we really value you. Thanks for supporting us during this difficult time. And that's what the letter, there was like a little handwritten note with the gift certificate. That's what it said. And so you you feel good about that, right? Because you feel good that you're supporting a local business and you feel good that they feel good and that they're willing to thank you for it. Folks, during this pandemic, there are going to be a lot of businesses that will struggle and close, especially small and local businesses. You can do your part to help by following this four-step process. Number one, determine who your key suppliers are, both personally and professionally. Number two, reach out to them and discuss the status of the relationship. Any outstanding shipments or supplies or projects that maybe need to be put on pause, the payment terms, have a conversation. Don't wait for them to call you. This is not a conversation anybody's excited to have, but lean into it sooner rather than later. Number three, get creative. Offer to prepay via gift cards or pre-booked appointments or pre-packaged or even pay for services that aren't rendered. If you've got somebody that's been loyal to you for many, many years and your business or your personal financial standing is in a place where you can afford to pay them for a month or two, even if they don't deliver on the service, the investment you are making into that relationship long term will far outweigh the dollar outlay today. And last but not least, 
thank the workers that are doing their best in these new circumstances. For example, the person who carries out the groceries to the car when you've ordered online, the person who, when you call to cancel a service or to get a refund, is answering the phone and doing their best to process. A kind word right now not only helps everyone get through the day, but it's an investment in those businesses being around tomorrow. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. So we wanted to end this episode on a positive note. And rather than a traditional CX Press segment where we just go through a single article, we wanted to share with you that we've seen lots of articles out there of positive things happening amidst this outbreak and pandemic. Yeah, folks, it's not all doom and gloom in the news. Don't just get caught up in the stories that are about the terrible things that are happening. Look for the more positive stories, too. And as it turns out, companies of all sizes often have resources that can help others in the community during a time of crisis. It might be money or supplies or facilities or even just expertise. And we wanted to share some companies that we've seen that are doing just that. So Loom, a video recording and sharing service, has made their Loom Pro edition free for teachers and students at K-12 schools, universities, and educational institutions. As we all know, many students now are being forced to learn remotely, and Loom is a service that can be used for that. And so they're just putting their service out there for educational institutions. Yeah, and LinkedIn has decided to take 16 of its learning courses and make them free. Now, these are courses you used to have to pay for, but now they're available to anyone. And they provide tips on how to stay productive, how to build relationships when you're not face-to-face, how to use virtual meeting tools, and how to balance family and work dynamics in a healthy way, which increasingly, as more people find themselves working from home with their children and their families, you know, these are valuable tips and suggestions to help people navigate this new time. We talked in the last segment about how local restaurants are really struggling. So Uber Eats and DoorDash have both waived commission fees for independent restaurant partners to promote people supporting their local restaurants. You know, a good buddy of mine, Philip McKernan, an amazing kind of coach and kind of inspiring individual, decided to make his books available for free. He decided to make his online courses available for free, and he launched a new virtual kind of training program where each week he's doing kind of motivational check-in sessions that help people realize, you know, kind of explore how do they navigate this new COVID-19 world. I think what's great about this is there's literally no business on the planet that can't get creative about how they're providing value, not only to their customers, but just to the the public and large and their general broader community. I definitely agree. And one way to look at it is to focus on keeping things as normal as possible during a time when it's anything but. And we've seen a lot of public companies uh, stopping their stock buybacks, for example. And the reason for that is to make sure that they remain 
solvent and that and, and able to support to to help their customers during an outbreak. I think we've also seen lots of companies. We talked about our utilities uh, in the last or in the first segment, but we've also seen uh, all the cable companies and uh, telecommunications companies and Google have made pledges to keep the internet going and alive for all Americans, even if people can't afford to pay. Again, on a local level for a smaller company, which a lot of our listeners run, think about how you can help even just your local community. It might just be the little town or suburb that you live in. What can you do to give back to your community? Because people are going to remember that when this passes. Or the person in your neighborhood. Folks, this literally is a time to think as in some ways as small as possible. Think about the people who live on your street who are maybe immunocompromised or elderly that you could leave a little note with your cell phone number that says, if you need somebody to go to the grocery store for you or to the pharmacist to pick things up for you, call my number and I can go out and do that. Now, again, we still want to encourage people to practice social distancing, to only go out if you absolutely need to, to maintain a significant physical distance, at least three feet closer to six, if you can, away from anybody that you interact with. But there's an opportunity to provide value to people beyond the groups you normally provide value to. You know, Joey, the suburb I live in, somebody set up a Facebook group that was specifically for doing just that, for helping others. And and I've been asked to join it now by about 18 of my friends. And <laughs> it's and, and it's a great You're way. A social media guy, Dan. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, it's a great way to spread the word about, you know, being able to help uh, the elderly or people who are immunocompromised during this time. So I love that. I was just talking to my little brother earlier today. He lives in Springfield, Illinois. And uh, at the the time we're recording this, it's not long after uh, St. Patrick's Day, and they had a message go out in their neighborhood that said, if you want to participate, put some shamrocks on the windows. That way, when families are out walking around, because we want to encourage people to continue to exercise and continue to get outside, just stay away from other people when you do it, right? But they said, set it up so that your kids on a walk through the neighborhood at night can count the number of shamrocks. And I thought, what a creative way to allow neighbors to connect with each other in a way that, uh, you know, keeps folks healthy and, you know, abides by the idea of physical distancing, but still allows people to have some type of interaction with their community. I love it. Now, if you want more inspiration, we recommend an article by Just Capital that is entitled Capitalism Meets Coronavirus, How Companies Are Responding. And we, of course, will include the link in our show notes at www.experiencethisshow.com. But we've also created a shortened bit.ly link that you can use if that's what you prefer. And it is bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y slash E-T for experience this responses. And the E, the T, and the R in responses are all capitalized. So it's bit.ly slash ET responses, and that'll get you to that Just Capital article. Now, we wanted to provide you with a couple of bonus articles as well to spread the good news. Because, hey, we got nothing but time here, and uh, hopefully you've got some time to listen. So uh, an article that uh, I happened upon that I really liked is from an organization that I had actually never heard of, which is called the Good News Network. And I can tell you, I'm going to be following their stuff for, for now because I'm really tired of all the bad news. 
But this is an article called 10 Positive Updates on the COVID-19 Outbreaks from Around the World. And it was written by McKinley Corbley of the Good News Network. And this will also be shared in our show notes. And there is also a bit.ly link, which is bit.ly slash ET Good News. And again, ET, the G in good and the N in news are capitalized. And some of the examples that they shared in this article uh, are that U.S. researchers have delivered the first COVID-19 vaccine to volunteers, human volunteers, in an experimental test program. Also amidst national shortages of hand sanitizers, there are several alcohol distilleries around the country that have begun using their facilities to make their own sanitation products and sell them. And some of them are selling a lot of them. And finally, air pollution plummets in cities with high rates of quarantine. So uh, we're excited to present to you a little bit later this season, a special environmental episode of Experience This. But I thought this was some good news, too, that we were seeing positive environmental effects by people staying home. Absolutely. And to conclude out our CXPress episode of good news uh, that you can subscribe to or find, uh, I've been a big fan of Dr. Peter Diamandis and his work for many years now. Uh, Peter's the chairman and CEO of the XPRIZE Foundation, which leads the world in designing and launching these large incentive prizes to drive radical breakthroughs. So you might have heard of the XPRIZE. He also is uh, uh, an original founder of Singularity University which is all about teaching people about exponential technologies. And over the last two years, he's built a machine learning algorithm that scrapes the world's news and science journals and social feeds every day to understand how exponential technologies are impacting specific topics and industries. And he calls it Future Loop. He sent out an email just two days ago about a new offering that they have. And I'm quoting from the email. Future Loop Pandemic Special Edition is a daily comprehensive update on the impact of exponential technologies like AI, robotics, drones, cellular medicine, CRISPR, networks and sensors, all about the COVID-19 pandemic. If you participate, Future Loop will update you every day on the latest breakthroughs in detection, prevention, and cure of COVID-19. Now, this product is still in beta, but it's powerful, high-quality info, and it's free. Your mindset is your most important tool during the pandemic. Making sure you're consuming the right information is critical to maintaining that mindset. Future Loop offers data-driven optimism. I just loved that data-driven optimism. There's a tool out there that you can subscribe to for free that will deliver positive news that acknowledges the craziness that is the COVID-19 pandemic, but provides a glimmer of hope. So you can find this at our show notes at experiencethisshow.com. You can also, as Dan mentioned, if you want to check out the bit.ly link, it's bit.ly slash ETF. That's experience this. And the F is the beginning of the word future loop, where future and loop are both capitalized. But again, if you didn't have a chance to write that down or you don't want to go, just go to experiencethisshow.com. You'll be able to find the show notes for this episode and you'll be all set to get some data-driven optimism in your inbox while you're working from home in the coming days and weeks. So the takeaways of this multi-article CX Press segment, number one, 
Companies have the unique ability to provide resources to help the community. It may not be money. It could just be expertise. It doesn't necessarily have to cost you anything, but you do have resources and think about how you can give back. Number two, find some way, even in a small way, to give back to your customers or to your community and show them how much you appreciate them in this difficult time and they will appreciate you back. And finally, number three, take some time to think about positive things and to read about positive things. It can be very easy in a time of crisis to get down, to get depressed, to get angry. And it's nice to see that there are a lot of positive things happening in the world right now. Unfortunately, with the media situation that we find ourselves in in the United States, it's hard to find those things. And so we hope by giving you some of these resources, you can stay in tune with some of the positives going on in the world now. Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of the Experience This Show. We will return to our regular schedule next Tuesday and have episodes ready for you through the first week of June. Please note that the rest of the episodes in Season 5 have been pre-recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic. If you liked this episode, please do us a favor and tell your friends and colleagues. Our entire back catalog of more than 90 episodes is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, or your favorite podcast app. And a special thanks to our wonderful friends at Avtex. Avtex has been a fantastic sponsor of the show this season. We so appreciate their support uh, and their continued involvement in helping bring Experience This to your ears uh, every week. What we love about Avtex is that their approach brings together transformation and orchestration which means they help you to define the areas of CX that need to be improved and then create a roadmap for improving them. Avtech's knowledge and experience in orchestration allows them to help you leverage the people, processes, and technology you need to implement your plan. You can learn more about the great folks at Avtex by visiting their website at www.avtex.com. And finally, we are here for you, our loyal listeners, during this difficult time. If you have a question about how to respond to COVID-19 with a customer experience lens, don't hesitate to reach out to us directly. Joey's email is joeyc at joeycoleman.com. And my email is dan at dangingus.com. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next week on the Experience This Show. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.